to the Bake Off Shake Off. We're on episode six now of series four, or at least series four on channel four. And it's Japanese week and would have liked to have done more research on kind of how maybe Japanese friends and colleagues feel about in general the theme of having a Japanese week um, because to me it feels quite it feels interesting I mean I know that we've had European weeks that's an entire continent the idea of a Japan week feels quite interesting to me the most interesting thing first of all is the idea that some poor intern or production assistant you know production management member of the kind of production team have had to papi and mache a mango for matt lucas's head i mean can you imagine waking up in the morning and going okay guys what's my what do you need me to do today do you need me to be a runner do you need me to you know help any contestants do you need me to do... oh can you we need to do a mango um hat for matt lucas can you help with that Okay, cool. What do you? What kind of size are we talking? We're talking big. It needs to go over his head. Okay. I mean, what kind of mango are we talking? Really ripe? Really? I mean, you decide. You 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 choose what it is. Okay. And then just this idea that someone's pappy and macheing this giant egg shape. What did they use as a template? What did they use as an example? Where have they got the paint? Have they just got it on hand? Incredible. Just this idea. You know, TV production will give you all kinds of experiences. We start with a recap of last week and Matt with some incredibly cheery tones um, describing how, you know, Linda was the one that left us and and he goes, and Linda left was ended up broken hearted. And then they show little clips of her going, I've had the best time ever. I feel like I've been at Disneyland. And I'm going, this woman's not broken hearted, Matt. This, you're just reading off script here. You're just, you're completely like going by what they've told you to say. This woman is not broken hearted. She's absolutely buzzing to have had the experience that she's had. I just thought it was a really funny juxtaposition of the recap. A controversial preview clip before they lead us into the main programme of Paul going... It's cruel to say it's inedible, but it's getting that way. And I'm thinking, Jesus, inedible. Is that what this has come to? Oh, can't wait to see who he's talking about. Token, absolutely weird comments from Noel Fielding here. Again, maybe trying to keep to his previous brand of goth, um, even though he's in a bright pink jumper and pointy boots, um, of saying that he'd fill his soft buns with dog blood or human blood and I'm thinking it's not okay I don't want to hear about that it's not even funny come on no think of something more funny I mean honestly love to hear that Ermine's adrenaline has kicked in regarding steamed buns (laughs) bless the woman adrenaline has kicked in I'm about to steam some Japanese star buns appreciate her vigor really do Prue gives us some outside shots while they're explaining to us what a Japanese steam bun is, just in case we didn't know, which I appreciate sometimes. And she's giving us a lot of pink. We've got a pink glasses, or maybe a red, depending on how my TV makes it look. A pink stud earring, pink scarf, pink coat. A lot of pink, Prue. She's giving us that sass, and I'm appreciating it. Side note also, you can tell how successful Paul has become by the poshness of his coat. I mean, I remember the days where they were sticking puffer jackets on Paul and Mary. 
to throw them outside and you know do the commentary as as Paul and Pro are doing now you know in this in the in-betweeny stage before we hit to our bakers and he's wearing like you can just tell it's an incredibly expensive coat and I can't help but respect Paul and his absolute like and his graft he's done well you can tell by his lapels Dave has won me and all the teenagers of the UK over by making a chicken katsu curry steam bun. Honestly, what a British institution these days. And last week he did mango and limes inspired by Nando's something. So he really has got his thumb on what the youth of the UK or just in generally the people of the UK really appreciate. And he's making baked goods out of it. Fair play. Fair play, Dave. First window pane test from Laura. Hit the bingo on that one. Window pane test. And then she proceeds to explain to us window pane test, which I appreciate. But I mean, every year we get an explanation of window pane stage. And I'm just wondering if there will ever be a year or a series of the Bake Off where we don't know what window pane stage is. We all know, don't we? Some uncharacteristic giving your opinions away there from Paul when he's talking when they're talking about Laura's pork and um, belly buns so she's talking through like all the different spices and they do sound fantastic fair play to her and then Paul goes I think they'll go down really well with me and I'm like Paul you're meant to be poker face aren't you you're meant to not really give away if if you're looking forward to something or maybe that's just the technical I don't know it seemed out of character to me love the stories from older Mark about how his daughter's getting into cooking and how they're doing that together and they're tasting all the food together. Just really lovely to hear that they do that together as a family. We love Mark and we love his family story, don't we? Also in the category of Paul being what I would describe as out of character, he tells us that he doesn't like gherkins and that he hates gherkins. Uh, there's something personal about people who don't like gherkins isn't there like you either you either okay with gherkins or you don't and I think gherkins are the kind of thing where you hated as you were a kid you you know didn't like the idea of them yada yada then you get to a certain age a bit like olives and you're like oh these are actually quite nice or these are fine in my burger the man must be in his 50s at least he's talking to us about how he just hates gherkins I mean Paul you've got to give him a chance You've got, he may, He must have given him a chance. I just, I was really surprised. For Paul, yeah. Wow, what is he, five? <laughs> Before we get this revelation, however, that Paul is not a Gherkin fan, we get this close-up of cheese slices in a bowl. Like, single pack, cheap as chips, like the cheese slices that you get when you're either really craving, I love them, I have to hold my hands up, I enjoy cheese slices, the cheap plastic cheese, I really do, for a barbecue, they really hit the spot, but they're single wrapped, 40 pence or whatever, 35 pence cheese slices in the bake-off, in the bake-off, Mark, for your signature challenge, I was appalled, has the budget swung so low? What's going on? Paul asks for Lottie to, you know, make him one without gherkin and she gives a short, she gives like a shoulder shrug. Shh. Okay, sure. Just like Lottie's vibe is a mood. Can't cope with it. Lottie. Love Ermine's research. She tells us that, you know, when she's been researching Japan, she finds it's got a lot of French influence. 
um, which I'd love to believe. And she's going to bring in her knowledge of French patisserie. I mean, A, Amin's got knowledge of French patisserie. What a blessing. And B, she's researched Japanese week. She's researched, like, the influence behind Japanese cooking. And I just love that. Or at least behind Japanese bun creation and, and cooking. Just love that. I mean, oh, what a lovely woman. As we get quite the close-up of Lottie assembling her burger Japanese buns, we get the layer of, you know, burger relish and then, you know, that cheap-looking cheese again. And I'm like, hang on, are both of you using cheap cheese slices that you get at a barbecue or in McDonald's? Is this happening? Is this really happening with both of you? You're both serving that up on the bake-off. Not knocking it, love them, love them. But there's a time and a place. Laura says, oh, you know, I've got a certain level of filling that I do. I, I like that kind of amount of filling. Wonder if Paul will. And I'm thinking, what about Prue? Why are we only focusing on one judge? I wonder if Paul and Prue will like this as well. What's going on? Why are we only focusing on Paul's opinion? I find it hilarious that Laura thinks she's going to get hate from vegetarians online. So, oh yeah, this is the problem. It's your pork bun. I People as vegetarians are probably going to... I mean, I'm not a vegetarian. Can't speak for other vegetarians. Other vegetarians? I'm not a vegetarian. Can't speak for vegetarians in the world. But of all the things on the earth that vegetarians might take offence to, I'm wondering if Laura's pork buns on the Great British Bake Off, is it... I'd love to hear if anyone as a vegetarian does have an opinion on it. Can't imagine. It's a huge problem. Everyone's putting their buns onto steam. and These steamers just look so fresh and brand new. It's like no one is making these steamed buns before a week ago today, are they? Like Everyone has just taken up the skill of Japanese steamed buns for this challenge, which isn't a problem. Um, it's just really hilarious. You, you expect every now and again, you know, when someone's doing a signature challenge or a showstopper, they've brought in their nan's tin or something like that. Um, and these are all like fresh out the shop. Channel 4 bought, I imagine. Um, yeah, production, production purchase, written off tax, steamers, um, which I love to see. A lot of sarcasm coming out of Lottie as she tells us she's got nine minutes left on her bake and they've told her they've got eight minutes or whatever. You know, she's kind of down to the wire. And she was like, she was sarcastic about the chips. And Mark was challenging her about if they asked for chips, which I thought was a legitimate question. And then she's sarcastic about her timing. I'm like, Lottie, come on. I get sarcasm. I'm the most sarcastic one out there. What am I doing right now? But I don't want to see it in every, every clip of you, do I? I did, on the other hand, laugh when she goes, Mark's better than mine. Livid. And, but I think hers looks so much better. Mark's just like a bun and they've just got like a ring of brown on the outside, which I know represents the burger, but I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to eat that, but I do want to eat hers. They look like little burgers. They proper look like how they're doing on the inside. Learning about Laura, that Laura loves like a decorated plate, doesn't she? She loves having the things in the centre and then around the exterior of the serving tray or plate, she likes a little decoration, whether that's flowers or ingredients. I like that. It's little touches like that that make me really want to eat the thing. Although the little piggy buns just, oh, ripping out of their little pastry skins. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Paul loves a slightly backhanded compliment, doesn't he? Definitely like on this series saying Hermine's 
filling, packs a punch, the little of it that she does have. <laughs> Paul, just pay her the compliment. Just say it's good flavour. No, he can't. He's got to say, babe, it's good flavour and also there's not enough of it. Just give direct feedback, Paul. When Paul's critiquing Laura's little piggy buns, which looked adorable to me, despite the kind of brown rumblings coming through, he's like, he's saying, it's really, really dry, but really, very beautiful. And I'm thinking, I don't know how those things can coexist. If something's really dry, surely that detracts from how nice it is. I mean, I want to eat what Laura made. I really do. Of all of them, I think that was the one, despite its, you know, appearance um, of, you know, breaking through the pastry that I wanted to eat the most but I'm thinking if it's really that dry can it be that good does it not counteract the flavor there's something about when Paul kind of dissects someone's bake like physically not just with feedback or guidance but he takes Peter's buns and he starts like hacking away at it with his bread knife and like picking out what can only be described as a stuffing ball from the inside of the bun. And I'm just thinking like, did you need to do that, Paul? I don't really want to see like what's going on. I don't know what he's demonstrating. And also as if he's an efficient, he loves doing it with the bakes that he's created. So, you know, he's obviously a, a bread guy, but I'm like, you're not an aficionado of a Japanese bun, are you, Paul? Like, do you have the authority to give the specifics of why that's not right? I mean, maybe he is, but I don't know if he is. Lottie's burger ones looked honestly so so good I think I said this a minute ago but she truly they truly looked so appetizing and I completely agree with her about if Paul had had the relish it wouldn't have tasted so dry he's got to just push through you know he's really got to just push through with trying the thing that maybe isn't his fave unless it's an allergy I'm like you got to push through even if it's not your fave flavor surely as a judge So we're on to the technical and we're told that this challenge has been set by Prue as if Prue has ever done this before. We love a trier. As Noel is describing this challenge, he also looks incredibly confused, as confused as we are as viewers. By the by, matcha crepe cake sounds like a drag queen name. I love Laura telling us about how much she hates matcha powder and then proceeds to just sniff it. I hate a matcha powder and then sniffs it <laughs> just to really give herself that like trouble that she knows she's going to experience. Might as well eat grass. Yeah, I agree with you there, Laura, actually. Younger Mark gives us the classic, I've whisked into stiff peaks and I can hold it upside down and I'm going to try and pretend I'm quite casual about that, but I think actually I'm incredibly impressed with myself and this magic that the meringue is creating. Just so modest. Young Mark goes, is that too thick? And just this close-up of Lottie going, yeah, looking absolutely appalled at his, at his cutting skills. Just him innocently asking for some support and guidance and her just going, God, yeah, so thick. Hilarious. Here's the thing about making crepes, pancakes, crepes, as they calling all of the contestants seem to be calling them on the show. Everyone knows your first pancake crepe is dreadful everyone knows that because your pan's not hot enough or you do it too early or something something or other so they've literally got down to the wire the exact correct amount for 12 crepes or something and you know your first one's going to be crap so oh it just you can kind of see it falling apart before your eyes it's fantastic 
On today's episode of Noel flirting with Lottie, we get him telling her not to flip the pancake with her grubby fingers. I, I don't know how I feel about these two. I mean, is it is there chemistry? Is he just trying to be a good presenter? I think it remains to be seen, but I definitely am getting a flirty vibe. They're definitely, they're probably, they're right and they're putting it on. And I don't know if I love to see it or not yet. Here's the thing about these difficult challenges where you're clearly going to go wrong and your first pancake's not going to be good and that sort of thing. Is it against the rules to make double the batch of mix? It, it is, isn't it? But oh, my instinct would be to make maybe not double the amount, but 1.5 and then see if anyone notices that I've just got quite a lot of mix and you've therefore got a little bit of room for error. But I'm wondering who in the production team is going... Uh, excuse me, that looks like quite a lot of mixture there. Have you used the exact 400 grams of flour that you were supposed to use or whatever? I think it's like one of those secrets I'd love to find out, you know. Young Mark pulls his out the freezer and just this <laughs> vision of peeling back the cling film and just seeing all of the innards of this cake exposed is just such a sad sight. Um, but it still looks delicious. Dave asking himself what the shape of crescent is, is just all of us, isn't it? You've really got to think about what a crescent is. He doesn't know what a crescent is. He's gone for four seasons. He's done literally the opposite of a crescent. He's just covered the top of the cake in four different toppings. Love it. The absolute antithesis of a crescent, which is a curve, a half, whatever. It's just the whole thing. A contradiction from Prue, as in judging, particularly looking at Dave's four, four seasons of decoration, bless him, she says, we were looking for a semicircle. Prue, which is it? Is it a semicircle? Is it a crescent? They are two different shapes. Come on. The recipe said crescent, you've now verbalised semicircle. How are we to know what's right? They describe Laura's matcha cake as looking a bit sad, and it just absolutely does. It's, I think it's the droopiness almost like a curtain fold of that bigger crepe covering the rest of the cake. It looks absolutely depressed and like it's ready to end its days as a cake. I think Laura's is a good example of when your heart's not in it, You, I think it comes out in your baking sometimes, not to sound too cliched, but when you don't like an ingredient or you don't like a focus or something, I think it really comes out. And she sniffed that matcha. She absolutely hated the smell of it. She said, why would you ever use matcha? And therefore she's got a bit of a rubbery, chewy crepe cake. And I think it's come out. This is matcha powder. I actually hate matcha. You might as well just eat grass. Peter wins. Lottie comes a respectable second. I'm surprised at how high up Mark C got. I thought he would do a little bit little bit worse than, I think f the fifth is what he got, but um, Prue calls Peter's a model, and I have to agree. I just, I, I didn't, it's not the sort of thing I would normally eat, but I would 100% eat that version, the version that he did. It looked good. Getting ready for the showstopper. And we learned that Paul has recently been to Japan. Now, this was filmed in the summer, in the, I believe, the height of lockdown, or at least when things started to kind of loosen up. And I'm thinking, will we ever hear, you know, when will we hear people say, I've recently been to Japan, you know, what counts as recently? Um, but I'm thinking, A, does that give Paul the, you know, authority 
on the showstoppers ahead or anything in the program really um and yeah how, how recent are we talking should i be jealous paul shorten's signature challenge to sig he says oh laura, laura didn't do that well in the sig it didn't sit right with me it didn't sit right it doesn't sound good paul we get this revelation um in their little debrief moment from noel where he tells us that he doesn't like food really most food and again, I asked myself this at least once an episode, really, with respect to Noel Fielding. Why are you here? Why are you here? If you don't like food, and he goes, oh, I, I like looking with my eyes, and, you know, that's how I... No, it's a baking show, Noel. It's a baking show. As Prue talks us through, you know, the showstopper and what kind of Japanese flavours she'd like to see, she lists three flavours. And I'm like, I'm wondering if that is the extent of Prue's understanding of Japanese culture is the flavours of sake, matcha or one other that I can't quite remember. So I'm just as bad as Prue potentially. Do I hear correctly that young Mark is going to be making an avocado chiffon sponge? Do I hear that correctly or is it just the colour? Appalling if it's the case. Obsessed with and jealous that Dave has a Shiba Inu. I've wanted a Shiba Inu for years and years and years. And the way he talks about this dog, and I think it has a Japanese name, and you can just tell that Dave really does care about his dog. And then I think it gives a lovely context to Japanese Week for him. So, you know, it, it feels like a bit of a shoehorn Japanese Week for, for some contestants. And to hear that, you know, he is invested in Japanese culture and has a Japanese dog, I, I love it. I love to hear it. Honey and tahini sponge, older Mark is making. Honey and tahini. I'm so intrigued. And the real questions are being asked by Paul here, which is how are you going to make sure it looks like a dog? He's asking the serious questions, the most important questions. How will you make sure it looks like your British border terrier? Come on. He's asking nothing about the tahini. Peter's doing a Costella cake, which I've never heard of before. So really excited to see how that turns out. Costella cake. What could that be? So interesting to hear that Lottie is doing a jiggle cake. I've watched an incredible amount of YouTube videos about how they make these jiggle cakes. And I think one of the major benefits of Japanese week is you're seeing these techniques that you might have only previously seen happen in that country. And yeah, see, or, you know, in posh patisserie in London or something, and you're kind of seeing someone do it on your TV. Really, really cool. So just so excited to see how that turns out. You learn some seriously interesting things on the Bake Off. One of them being there's a really calm, serene, beautiful Japanese garden in Slough that Ermine used to frequent. You learn some stuff, don't you? Ermine talks us through her lovely description. You know, she gives a really dis great description of her cake with the woman and the tree and the modelling cake. And Paul goes, yeah, you know, the thing is, it's got to look good and it's got to taste good. I'm not doing the accent. And I just think, yeah, I've been watching this show for like years. We know, Paul, we know it's meant to look good and taste good. Come on, give us something new. Peter is hitting us with the straight shuttlecock facts about the left and right wings of the goose. And I'm just so incredibly impressed. This is why I watch the show. For the pointless yet handy information regarding obscure sports such as badminton thank god peter's in this competition to be honest with you 
Laura's pulling out her cakes and you can see Paul in the background just staring at her. You know, he's very well practiced in the Paul Hollywood stare whilst you're doing something deadpan face. And she pulls out this cake and bless her, she's just so in her own zone. She goes, I think that one's collapsed, but oh well, it doesn't really matter. And then I, I don't know if she clocks that Paul's there or she knows he's there. But poor woman to just accept and acknowledge that your cake has absolutely collapsed and the main judge, I, I consider him the main judge, is there. I felt for her. But it was just something just really hilarious about her having this like, oh God, it's a, like worst moment of the bake potentially. And Paul's just staring at her in the background. Just really unusual. Matt's doing his commentary and is, you know, going around talking to people. And he goes, oh yeah, Paul said he'll take someone to Japan who have worked. No one's going to Japan, Matt. Can we all just share in our sadness that we will not be travelling anytime soon? Come on, Matt. Of all the times to build up hope, now is definitely not the time to make someone think that they might be going to Japan. It's physically impossible at the moment. Nog goes over to Dave and goes, look at these guys, squeezes him, ruins his spiral. It reminds me of the time that Sue put her elbow in someone's dough and just absolutely ruined it and they had to take into account that Sue had just absolutely ruined someone's bake. And I feel the same way about Dave's spiral. I think coming over and grabbing someone's arm while they're doing pipe work is just not very professional. Poor Laura, she's got this gigantic sheet of yellow fondant icing and she just can't even bring herself to like put it on the cake. And I feel her, I feel her pain, I feel her concern because it's just such a huge commitment, isn't it? Especially if you know that it's likely to tear and and there's this moment where she clearly looks at you know producer or someone behind the scenes just with like are you actually filming me <laughs> i just i really relate to her in that moment dave's peachy fondant for his shiba inu cake looks exactly the correct color of a shiba inu i'm thinking how did you get that blend dave how did you get up with the you know think up the combination of colors to get your perfect Shiba Inu fur shade and it's just obviously he's based it off of his little dog a, you know a real life example is obviously incredibly helpful isn't it so Laura's crying she's crying and Noel comes up to her and if there's something I've learned in my years of life when someone is upset to say I don't know why you're so upset <laughs> is potentially one of the worst responses up there with calm down it's not that bad like you know it's just not a great response and I feel that his skills as a presenter are somewhat lacking in this moment she's upset one of the worst things to say he has now said he does redeem himself slightly with just keep going you know you've got some time but <laughs> it's just that thing of like I look so terrible oh, you look the same as you look every day oh, oh so I look terrible every day it's a similar kind of notion, isn't it? Judgment time for showstoppers. And are we going to talk about how the top of the shuttlecock looks like a breast? Are we? And the pink bit looks like a nipple. No one's going to talk about it. Classic bake-off, innuendo, but no one addresses the innuendo. There's something about Prue being really honest and kind of going, I've never had this cake or something like that. She says, I've never had a cake like this. And Paul kind of going, yeah, that's just the, oh, this cake is just a bit chewy. That's the way the cake is. And I'm going, what are the chances that Paul has tried this and Prue has never tried it? And is Paul just like trying to explain away and make up for the fact that he's never tried this cake? Like, is he bullshitting is what I'm trying to get at. Paul calls Lottie's toadstool amazing, stunning. 
high praise indeed, on the jiggle cake. How did she get the top red? I was really confused. I, did I miss something? It wasn't just she. Did she give her a little, um, you know, airbrush? What, what what happened there? And Paul's just got to rub it in again. Oh, last time I had a cake like that, I was in Japan. Well, lucky for you, Paul. Lucky for you. Hermine's cake terrified me. It honestly looked like something out of a sort of horror scene. It could have been Halloween themed. It was honestly like the woman with no face and the tree. Oh, they were so right to be a little bit freaked out by it. Bless them. I would pay good money for older Mark's cake. Maybe not the tahini. And Prusa, I was a surprise. Yeah, it was a surprise to hear that he'd put that in a cake. But honestly, the way that cake looks, so professional, so, so, so good. I would honestly pay some good money for my non-existent dog's birthday party for that cake, truly. Laura absolutely wins kawaii competition. That is the most kawaii thing that any of them have made this whole week. I just, it is absolutely a character you'd see out there. Love it. Looks so cute, so fun, so bright and exciting. Like it's so kawaii. Appreciate young Mark's effort to say, okay, maybe the top cake is a bit, my, like one bit of my avocado cake is, you know, a bit dry. Try the, try the, <laughs> try the other bit down the bottom. Maybe that'll be a bit better. No, Mark. No, it is the cake as a whole. And if it's dry as a bone, it's dry as a bone. Come on. Imagine a dry, inedible, as Paul says, avocado cake. Imagine that. Can't think of much worse, can you? Lottie is awarded Star Baker, despite saying that cake was boring, but then also knocking out an absolutely fantastic cake. So fair play to Lottie. Um, I love all the different faces that they have to do to pretend like they're surprised. And also, oh, I just really don't deserve it. <laughs> I think she wins the award for that, to be honest with you. Poor, poor young Red Mark. We lose him and he's crying. And also so is Dave, <laughs> which was just adorable. But, you know, getting to week six is incredible. Um, Prue did call the showstopper he did a disaster. Um but I honestly thought he was a contender to win in the early days. I think he had the confidence to, without the cockiness, to like really get far. So I'm so surprised. But um, it just goes to show, you know, chiffon, avocado, it could be quite literally a recipe for disaster. Next week looks interesting. I'll try and overlook the fact that they're trying to shoehorn in an 80s week, which is just insane to me. But... I appreciate, you know, their stretch for themes. They're going to give us that classic thing of ice cream and hot tent. There's always a week, isn't there, where the tent is just way too hot for whatever we're doing. I think it was, I wasn't that engaged this week, guys. I started to kind of lose it when we were talking about the concertinaing of the sponges a little bit. I, maybe the theme would just felt so difficult to, like, access for me. I adore Japanese culture and have my whole life really wanted to visit Japan and I still found myself not necessarily checking in too heavily this week so I don't know what that's about um but again really lovely episode I think deserved Star Baker and I'm excited to watch next week for some more escapism in these challenging times and all right speak to you next week